Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome, everybody. To another episode of the Ballhawks podcast. This is episode number six, probably about five more than either one of us anticipated launching. Um, I am your host on the West Coast, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. You might notice a little bit of a different song playing behind me here. This is from uh, a friend of ours. The band is called Lucky Monkey. The song is Mirror Man. And uh, the band was gracious enough to let us use their song as our new intro song. So I hope you guys like it. I am joined, like usual, by my assistant to the co-host. This week, my genie to Aladdin, Christopher Phillips. What's happening, buddy? Hi, Steve. Um, I would just like to to mention that genie is uh the the mvp of aladdin so th- th- thanks for the uh for the award i will gladly accept and will smith uh, looks really buff in it too so no 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 i'm i am the robin uh robin williams genie not okay. not the not yeah not not the will smith although we just, I, we just watched it this weekend so i i've got the will smith you? one in in my head although saying that i'm the robin williams i'm i'm not nearly funny enough to, to claim that title so <laughs> i apologize to all our listeners uh who for me just saying that i think i'm robin williams um like you said uh you know thanks to lucky monkey uh thanks to to zelly and and the boys uh there uh zelly's a good friend of mine i play lacrosse with them uh we'll be sure to to include uh the the link to the song uh in our uh episode description so if you guys like what you hear uh go go check out lucky monkey over on spotify uh they're there uh but yeah of course happy to be here uh another sunday uh took the kids to the park today watched a little wrestlemania um but of course please go give me a follow over on twitter at phillips chris 12 and of course the uh podcast is at ballhawks underscore pod yeah definitely uh go check those guys out this was the the first song that i heard from them and um i was actually coming back from canadian tire and i think i had this thing on replay the entire way back um really awesome song and that's coming from somebody who pretty much exclusively listens to country music. So, yeah, I know. He's giving me a weird look right now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Nobody can see the face that I just just uh, just made there, but uh, I, I kind of It was like the face when and... you, like, were a toddler and you had your first, like, taste of, like, vinegar or, you know. I was going to know what the, the maybe... face you make when you smell, like, a really bad fart. Uh, that's that that was the face that i just made when steve said he listens to exclusively country music <laughs> i think they're all, like eerily the same look too yeah yeah, yeah. right although like is there a good fart 
there's, there's not a bad one, that's for sure. <laughs> I guess depending whether you are the farter or the farty, like recipient of them. Yeah, I mean, if if it's if it's your buddy and he lets one rip, I mean that that's a bad fart. But if you're if you're the buddy that let it rip, that's that's a good fart because your your buddy's you know making that face at you. <laughs> we just so, lost all our listeners. I all think. of our listeners. How did you guys start off episode six? Uh, we talked about farts and like <laughs> you know who who did the farting and who had to smell the fart. You know, definitely still I, a family friendly uh, podcast. Hey, I mean, uh, kids find farts hilarious. My daughter farted today in the bathtub and my wife was telling her how disgusting (laughs) she is. And she was, my six-year-old daughter was laughing her head off. And me being the proud dad that I am was also laughing along with her because it it, farts are funny. So I um, I mean, farts are funny and obviously kids find them funny and kids find them more hilarious when the bubbles pop up in the bathtub, but (laughs) You find me an adult who doesn't find it funny when you fart in the tub, and I'll find you a liar. The extra loud rumble is what really does it. Yeah. The, the, the acoustics in the bathroom, I mean, that's why everyone sings in the shower, right? I, I don't sing in the shower, but... No, nah, I don't... You have all... Because you listen to country music. <laughs> the acoustics are already too good. I, uh, I also just want to mention um, really quick here... Looking at the day, and I was just uh, while you were talking there, I, I quickly pulled up our our podcast library. Did you know we've been doing this for a month now? Yeah, a month tomorrow. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you for uh, to everyone for for listening, uh, putting up with us for the last month, and uh, I guess for today, listening to us talk about farts. Uh, the, the listens are, are definitely going up. Uh, all of a sudden we, we, we finally got the, uh, listeners in Washington state, which is great. Cause we do have a bit of a Seahawks base here. So, uh, we, we were kind of shocked that it took, uh, took a while to get there, but we're, we're happy to see it and, and numbers are definitely growing. So thank you again for all of the support. And I'm definitely going to put a, a little bit of pressure on the Maryland peeps still waiting on that first Maryland listener um you know kind of half Ravens focused as well so I will be doing a little bit of uh I don't know if I want to call it shame or like ultimate peer pressure on all of my Maryland followers but um I'll I'll definitely get on that so before we sorry go ahead no go ahead I was just gonna say before we get too far into it I just wanted to bring up bring up a couple things with you that I saw on Twitter this past week um the, the, the first one is, I just really quickly want to touch on this. I, I saw a chart come out. I don't know if you saw it or not about game day consumption in yeah. which team, which NFL team fan bases get uh, the most intoxicated on game days. <laughs> I have not seen this, but I definitely want to hear about it. And they broke it down between who binge drinks the most and who smokes the most marijuana. Binge drink. Which? Uh, Eagles fans. And marijuana consumption uh broncos fans both good guesses both wrong so (laughs) i'm used to that it's actually actually the same team is number one on both categories um yeah it uh actually it looks like they're tied for first but still they're they're number one uh binge drinking and marijuana atlanta falcons Hmm. yeah 
I didn't expect that, right? I mean, I, I don't maybe know the... much about Atlanta or Georgia, so I, I don't know why I should be so shocked. But yeah, I, I definitely didn't see that one coming. Yeah, your uh, your Ravens actually come in at number two for the marijuana, and it's the Jaguars number two for binge drinking. I mean, but... I would too if my owner was that big of an idiot. <laughs> I thought we were squash. I thought we were squashing that beef. One of these days, like <laughs> we're gonna get some actual like flack online or something from um, some Jacksonville people. Like, I'm not listening to you guys because you always rag on us. It's not necessarily the fans. Well, okay. I guess if I had to like rag on them officially, any of the fans who were at the game when Mitch Trubisky scored on your team and you guys cheered well in your i think it's like a full-size pool um with your subscription to whatever's on tv because you don't want to watch your team anybody who's doing that i definitely will rag on but i i do think there's probably quite a few really awesome jaguar fans um would love to have one on so if you're the first person if you're a jaguars fan and you're listening reach out to steve and let him know how he can squash the beef with Tony Khan. Yeah, come, and, come uh, educate me on being a Jaguar fan. I would, I would love to hear about that. And like from, but, a, from you know, like from a true Jaguar fan, I would love to have that conversation about like everything that went down. Because I feel like if that was my owner, I would be a little annoyed by him. But actually, now that now that I think of it, I went to high school with a guy who, if I remember correctly, he was a Jaguars fan. I I don't know if he still is. Um, I, I haven't talked to him since high school, uh, but I, I do remember him being a, a, a big Mark Brunel, Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Um, but it's funny that we kind of went into a little bit of a tangent there on the Jaguars. Cause the other thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, with you that I saw on Twitter, I sent it to you right before we got on here tonight. Let's talk about that Gardner Minshew photo. <laughs> oh, this is, this is probably a really good thing to talk about. Um, which if for you people that out there that haven't seen it, uh, we're, we're, we'll retweet, retweet it from the podcast account. We'll, we'll get it out there. Go give it a look, but it's Gardner Minshew. looks like he's probably at a ranch or something. He's standing up against like a, a, a wooden fence. He's got his jeans on. He's got his big Harley Davidson belt buckle. He's got some sort of denim shirt jacket on. All I don't white. know. He's all white. He's got no shirt on underneath it. So he's got his, his you know, chest hairs out. He's he's got the Billy Ray Cyrus haircut. <laughs> he's got a, a just a, a solid solid mullet. It and then to go along with it, he's got his uh, Ron Burgundy mustache. If, if this man does not scream sex appeal, I don't know what does. Yeah, when when you uh, tagged me in it, my response was absolute heartthrob. I mean, <laughs> when I when I first saw it. The first thing I thought of was the uh, the the line from John C. Riley and Step Brothers, where he, he's uh, <laughs> he's he's talking to his dad. He goes, "I come out of the shower, I'm looking good from my chest pubes all the way down to my ball fro." <laughs> and that, that's all I could think about because I mean, of course, he's got a, a just. It looks like he's wearing a sweater underneath that <laughs> denim that denim shirt. <laughs> it, it's quite the picture. Um... I, I actually did see it earlier in the day and a few of the female followers that I have on seem to thoroughly enjoy it as well. 
So I'm glad it's not just me that sees that as like, yeah, it just screams sex appeal. Like everything about it. I saw one female um, follower retweet it and she goes i'm not gonna get kicked off of twitter i'm not gonna get kicked off of twitter i'm not gonna get kicked off of twitter (laughs) and then her her tweet in like she tweeted like a a meme beside the gardner Minshew photo i'm not gonna repeat what it said it was not family friendly it it was really inappropriate (laughs) but i was dying laughing (laughs) oh man it was quite inappropriate but the photo's great um yeah you Gardner wanna, Minshew, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll bring Gardner Minshew on, and he, he can uh, he can tell us all about the, the the Jaguars and Tony Khan, and of course this this glorious uh, photo shoot that he's he's recently done. And what it's like to live in an age where mullets aren't in and mustaches are somewhat a thing of the past, and you rock both of them like an absolute boss. So are they well, not? Are they are they not coming back? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'll do a mullet next. I see, like I see mustaches, and I'm I'm going to just already start and apologize to Ryan Hank. But when I see anyone with a mustache, like I just think it's like a, <laughs> it, it's someone just trying to be ironic and 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 try to be funny. And it's like every time I see one, unless it's like an old guy, old guy, I'm like, yeah, okay, like that guy, that guy has a mustache anyone else anyone our age anyone younger i'm like that's an ironic thing they're just trying to be funny like it, it's i don't know why you have a mustache but it's fantastic i think i'm going to do a mustache for uh for wednesday's show perfect i yeah. can't wait and a mullet please yeah we'll see how that goes see how much time yeah. i have on my hands see what you see it see what your uh wife thinks about that she she thinks the fu manchu is the greatest thing ever and i hope she's listening to this because she can verify that for me <laughs> Um, okay, we'll uh, we'll get started on some real NFL actual like footballing news and less about like the sex appeal of Gardner Minshew. Um, pretty much as soon as we got off the pod last week, the big trade happened. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not kidding. Like maybe what ten hours later, we woke up Monday and it was like we just finished our our first half of our mock draft and it was like hey guess what there's a trade and it wrecked everybody's mock drafts at least in some way or another it wrecked somebody's mock draft so do you do you want to give us the trade what happened what were the details yeah um before we could even drop the episode um the 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 trade happened and i i remember texting you um my dad texted me as well about the trade and I said to my dad, I said, yep, that uh, wrecks the mock draft that Steve and I just did last night that hasn't come out yet. And then, af- of course, after dad listened to the episode, he, uh, I think it was on Facebook or maybe he texted me and he goes, yep, you were right. Totally screwed over your mock draft. Yeah, your mock draft sounds <laughs> stupid, Steve. You had them taking Justin Fields. What an idiot. Why would you do that a day after? Yeah, yeah. Well, at least I have them taking Kyle Pitts, which. Yeah, in one of Yikes. them. Yikes. Yikes. Um, Oof. Anyways, uh, Darnold, uh, Sam Darnold, going from the New York Jets uh, down to the Carolina Panthers, uh, which I just want to quickly note, uh, the Carolina Panthers followed the Ballhawks pod on Twitter. So Good friends of uh, ours. Good friends of ours. Thank you, guys. And uh, I hashtag keep pounding. Um, yeah, I don't... Wh- whoever's running that Twitter account, I'm sure we'll get them on 
in the next week or so just to verify that friendship and and get a little check in. That definitely. Yeah. Even if it's one of us changing our voices. <laughs> We're gonna get sued for that one. Um, I, I I didn't write down the details here. Um, I think it was a, I think he went to the Panthers. Was it a second round pick? And like a sixth or something like that. Like it was, it was, I don't know, for a guy that's been a starter in the league for the last three years, it, it wasn't, I guess, enough for me to really think like, oh, I'm going to write down like what the actual compensation was. Cause I mean, really all that matters in, in all of this is the Jets are taking the quarterback second overall. So I, I didn't really pay attention to what, what they got in return. Okay, so this is why I make the big bus, big bucks. This is why I'm the host because I know all things. I'm um, just here for my looks, people. Just here for his looks. So the Panthers sent their sixth round pick this year, um, and then they sent their second round pick next year and their fourth round pick next year in exchange for Sam Darnold. Now, the interesting part for me was when this trade first got announced my instant i i make sure i do this on twitter now so i can go back and see what i was thinking at the time you know so there's actually proof of it i went back and looked today and my initial reaction was they got a haul for a guy who has put up some really subpar nfl numbers and at first i was like really did i actually just say a second a fourth and a sixth was a haul for a starting quarterback who is like a top five pick just a handful of years ago. And I actually think that's kind of fair though. So, you know, you get three players in compensation, one of them being a second, even a fourth round pick. That's still a good pick. Now you don't get those until 2022. So whatever the Panthers are going to be by the end of the next year that's kind of what you're basing it on um but i still think it's a decent haul i don't know if it was the you know a minimum of a first round pick like they were hoping for but i feel like that's you know good compensation and the the more i actually look at the trade i really like this trade for both teams it it gives carolina a chance to keep their pieces this year to build around sam darnold like they're giving up a sixth round pick this year. That's it. They have, um, they have the eighth overall pick. They have a second round pick, 39th overall. They have the 73rd pick, the 114. Like, they're going to get four guys in the top 120 players to help build around Sam Darnold. And they've got a lot of weapons around there already. And then from the Jets' perspective, you, you probably knew you weren't keeping him anyways. So it was let's no matter what he does in Carolina, let's try to get as much as we can for him because we know we're taking Zach Wilson. We are absolutely loaded at picks. Um, Let's get three more draft lotteries, right? I always think of draft picks as lotteries. You get one more ticket into the lottery, every single pick you get, because we know sixth and seventh round picks can still pan out. So I really like the trade for both teams. What do you think of it? I agree. I, I think it's a good trade for, for both teams. Um, you know, Darnold is getting the fresh start. Uh, he, he didn't, 
I, I, I think I mentioned it briefly last episode, um, but I, I, I think he got... He had some bad luck in in New York. I'm, I'm not going to say he, he got a raw a raw deal. He had some bad luck. I mean, of course, he had mono in I think it was 2019, um, which he of course missed some time because of that. He had the shoulder injury last year. Uh, he hasn't had a ton of weapons on offense in in New York for the last few years. I mean, he, he had Le'Veon Bell, but of course that was Le'Veon Bell after taking a year off of football, and he just never really seemed to fit in that system there. And Adam Gase, uh, I don't even think Adam Gase was, was overly enthusiastic about signing Le'Veon Bell. Uh, even at, at, at the press conference announcing that they signed him, he, he wasn't overly enthusiastic. So I, I think this gives Arnold a, a good chance to have a fresh start, uh, you know, prove that he does belong in the NFL, that he, he can excel uh, and, and maybe, you know, pull a, a Ryan Tannehill and, go to a different system, get away from Adam Gase and, and excel and do well. Now I, I did see one interesting thing on, on Twitter today, which actually kind of made me change my, my thought process process a little bit about whether or not it's all Adam Gase uh, at USC. So in college, Sam Darnold in 27 starts had 22 interceptions and 20 fumbles. So he had 47 turnovers in 27 games. So not great. Uh, there's, a, you know, also a lot of video or uh, film on him uh, from both, uh, I'm sure, college and the pros where he makes poor decisions. So he, he has to definitely fix the uh, mental aspect of, of his game. But he's, he's got a lot of weapons down in Carolina. He's got McCaffrey. He's got um, DJ Moore. He's got Robbie Anderson, who he knows from his time with the Jets. And of course, the Panthers just signed uh, David Moore as well as their third receiver, who used to be with the Seahawks. So, good opportunity for him. Uh, great position for the Jets. Uh, you know, like you said, they're they're going to take Zach Wilson second overall. I, I would be surprised if they go uh, anywhere, anyone else there. Uh, and then just the the boatload of picks that the Jets have over the next two years. I think I was adding it up earlier today. It was like nine or 10 picks in the first three rounds over the next two years. So they have a ton of opportunities to build a team around their new quarterback, whether that be more offensive weapons, build a proper defense. Uh, I mean, the, the, the world is kind of their oyster right now. Uh, as for the Panthers, um, I mean, they get a guy who – is going to come in. He's going to want to prove everyone wrong, prove that he can be the quarterback. Uh, they have already picked up his sec- his fifth year option. So he's going to be the starting quarterback in Carolina for the next two years. Um, you know, there, there, there's talks that Teddy Bridgewater uh, might compete for the starting position, or I've also seen that he's seeking a, a trade. So who knows what actually happens with the quarterback position there. Um, but that's another team now that is in a great position when you look at it from a draft perspective drafting eighth overall uh you know we already just talked about all of the weapons that they have on offense maybe the one thing that they don't have is a premier stud tight end so if a guy like kyle pitts somehow falls to them there at number eight i mean that's that's a great option for them uh they can of course go defense i'm sure they have have some needs there uh or i i think most likely for the panthers now at the eight spot is a trade 
back uh, to acquire, as, as you just said, some couple more of those lottery tickets uh, for the future years and, and just more, more draft capital. Yeah. A couple of things. I just want to go back to the Darnold point for a second. You had mentioned just cleaning up the, the mental aspects of it, I think is going to be so huge for him. I mean, like, like you said, some of those, I guess, mental mistakes started in college. They've kind of followed him over. You can say he's had a raw deal, or you can just say he's maybe had a not ideal start. Um, and the first thing I thought of when you were talking about all those mental mistakes is when he gets caught on camera saying, I was seeing ghosts, which I saw on Twitter. And it just kind of sums up playing in New York, doesn't it? Like all eyes are on you. The cameras, the microphones are always right. I mean, they are for every team, but it just seems like those big markets, um, you can't really get away with anything. So I kind of like that he's going to a bit of a like smaller media market um, he's got a young coach who kind of has a vibrant offense in Matt Rule. Um, I think, didn't they just get Joe Brady as well, who was instrumental yes, yeah. in um, in college the last few years? So he's going to a system where, like you said, he's loaded with weapons at least. He's got the best running back dual threat in the entire league. Um, DJ Moore is a certified number one, in my opinion, always has been, um, Robbie Anderson, like you said, very undervalued. Um, he, he knows him from his time in New York. And then, uh, just on your comment of maybe the one thing they're missing is like a, a stud tight end. Um, I, I was pretty high. They just, uh, I can't remember when it was. I want to say two years ago or three years ago, they got Ian Thomas out of Indiana. no one would call him a stud tight end, but definitely somebody he can work with. I don't even know off the top of my head who they have in New York. Like, is it still Chris Herndon? Yeah, if it, if it's Herndon still in New York, Herndon. who of course has had his own uh, battles with both suspensions and injuries. Um, Ian Thomas is is. I probably view this from a fantasy perspective. <laughs> he's, you know, I think it's the last two years. He's the, the, the fantasy breakout of the year and he did nothing. Um, I don't know if he actually, you know, how that, how he looked in real football. Um, but I know as far as like fantasy points and, and things like that, he, he certainly wasn't that, you know, that, that next big tight end that a lot of people were kind of calling him uh, to become. Yeah, and I kind of wonder, like, it's kind of the interesting thing about Darnold going to the Panthers is I wonder how they want to actually use him because you know you're going to give McCaffrey probably upwards of 30-plus targets. You're going to give DJ Moore his 10 targets. You're probably going to give Robbie Anderson his, you know, maybe eight targets. Um, David Moore, like you said, is going to get a couple looks here and there. Um yeah, where, where do they go with that? Do they go with a big offensive lineman to help protect Darnold? What do you, what do you, I, what do you, I know we're kind of going backwards to last week, but you, you think it's going to be Pitts? And, well, I mean, it, it, I don't necessarily think it's going to be Pitts. Like if, um, if he's there, the, they're jumping it, on it. If he's there, I, I think so. Um, if, if he's there, how do you, you know, 
you have to look at it from best player available perspective or like i said they they trade down and and i still i i stand firm that i fully believe the panthers will will trade back at, at this at this point uh that's such an interesting I, I one though because in order to I don't trade think back you have eight. to find a trade partner right but that and that's the thing is that i mean there's going to be probably one of those top four quarterbacks and the Panthers picked eight. The Broncos picked nine. Uh, last week in our mock draft, we had both the Panthers and the Broncos taking quarterbacks. So if somebody wants to leapfrog the Broncos to take a quarterback, fully possible. But, I mean, of course, there's. I also think the Falcons will likely trade over that four spot. Um, there, there's a lot of talk that, that they won't remain there. Um, I actually saw something. Uh, your, your friend Jerry Jones has... Uh, <laughs> apparently quite enamored with Kyle Pitts I saw and there's, too. there's rumors that the, the Cowboys may trade up to the four spot to take Kyle Pitts, which should be just absolutely hilarious. Cause I think you've said it a few times, who the hell is going to play defense if that happens? Uh, Dak's going to have but, to score a hundred points. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, don't sure. The Panthers could stay there. They could take an offensive lineman. Um, that, that is definitely a, a need for them still at, at this point. But I, why not? If there is a trade partner, trade back. You can still likely get that offensive lineman that you're looking for, or uh, or someone you know similar in in stature, and and get future draft capital, capital future uh, lottery tickets to, uh, you know, if Sam Darnold doesn't work out and you decide to move on from him, well, now you've got the draft capital to acquire your quarterback of the future or put more pieces on defense or whatever it is that you need to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously my team, the Ravens, they have been notorious on trading back way more than they ever trade up. Um, same, and same it, with my team. Yeah. It's just always getting more value, more picks. Um, I, I like that. Like I said earlier in the show, it's those are lottery tickets, right? You never know what they're going to be. So the more shots you take at, you know, let's say um, wide receiver. Well, you take one shot at wide receiver. You have one chance to get a, you know, a stud wide receiver. You take six shots, you get six chances. Not that hard. So yeah, I could see them moving back. The one thing I was looking at earlier today, and I had to go back and look at a little bit of Panthers roster makeup. Their defense isn't actually that bad. It's pretty good. The one hole they have is cornerback and if you're picking at eight you're probably taking whatever corner you want right you're probably taking pat sertan if that's your guy maybe it's jc horn um because where was oh yeah um they in free agency they got hassan reddick from the cardinals they've now paired him with brian burns a young guy and yeter gross matos who was a rookie last year. So they're loaded at edge rusher. And then they have uh, Derek Brown as their tackle. Uh, their linebackers are set with Denzel Perriman and Shaq Thomas. Um, they have one of my favorite safeties who went super under the radar uh, that they drafted last year in Jeremy Chin. And then you look at their corners and I, the only one I know here 
is because he was an ex-Raven, Rashawn Melvin. But, man, do their corners look really bad. So, you know, maybe they trade back and they get an extra third or something like that, and they still, maybe they don't get Pat Sertan if that's their guy, but maybe they still pick up J.C. Horn, or maybe they still pick up a Caleb Farley and they're okay with that. That could that could really load that team up, but I still think you bring Darnold in and yeah, they've got weapons in terms of like, you know, whatever you want to call them, like the, the value positions in terms of like Darnold getting the ball out of his hands or taking the pressure off of him. But, you know, maybe you load up with an O-lineman. Yeah. I, the, the, like I said, I, I think they're, they're in, probably the 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 best position they possibly could be right now they're dead. honestly i i would say they're in a better position today than they were a week ago before that trade because i mean a, a week ago before they had sam darnold they were pigeonholed into taking one of those available quarterbacks which not a bad thing to you know take a quarterback in in one of the top 10 picks um but now that they have a guy in sam darnold who's likely going to be their starter for the next two years um, it, it gives them just so many more options and, and opens up the door for them uh, t- to make really whatever decision they want to make there, whether it be a position of need or, like I said, if a you know, guy like Kyle Pitts falls and it's a best player available and let's just take that guy. Yeah, because not giving up your first round pick. I mean, we knew they weren't going to give up the eighth overall pick for Darnold. No, no. The Panthers fans would have been livid. I would have been, I would have been mad for them if uh if the Panthers gave up the eighth overall pick for Sam Darnold yeah and I even like it for you know um the Panthers here they actually have six picks in the top almost 100 so they have um obviously second overall they're taking Wilson um they still have that other first round pick late or early 20s 23 They've the Jets, picked. yeah, they're they're at twenty three. That's the Seahawks pick, right? That's the Seahawks pick for Jamal Adams. They've also got pick thirty four. They've got pick sixty six. They've got pick eighty seven, uh, which was also from Seattle as well. <clears throat> and they've got pick one hundred eight. Um, they've also got one forty seven, one fifty five. So they've got ten picks this draft alone. Six of them are within, you know. 108 so basically the top 100 players and like you mentioned earlier in the episode they are also loaded for the next three years so you know you're bringing in your franchise quarterback and I was looking at the Jets roster today as well because I I knew a couple people but I was like I should probably re you know refresh myself forgot that they got Tevin Coleman so I and again, maybe this is like a fantasy perspective. Um, I've always been a big fan of Tevin Coleman. They obviously got Corey Davis, um, Jamison Crowder. They drafted Denzel Mims last year. Um, they got Mackay Becton, Connor McGovern on the line. So, you know, do I expect them to be a top 10 offense? No, but they've got a lot of picks where I, I wouldn't be shocked if they're in the top half. If I had to put like a hot take on something. Yeah, maybe the Jets are in the top half. Yeah, I I agree there. They uh they they have a lot of 
of pieces on on offense there. Um, I can't remember what who the rookie running back is. They, they drafted a guy a running back last year too, um, who who got hit. I think he was hurt for he was on pop for most of the year, and then he got hit with COVID, and like he ended up only playing like one or two games. But was it Ty Johnson? No, or Lamichael Perrine? Yeah, that's the one. Okay, yeah, yeah, Lamichael uh, Perrine. Um, who I, I think is, I mean, in the one or two games that he did play, he, he performed well. Uh, so that's another guy. Tevin Coleman is the guy that's struggled to stay healthy for the last few years. He was, of course, with the 49ers for, I think, the last three seasons. Um, and I don't think played a whole a whole season um, for well, for his entire time there. So, but yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson or whatever quarterback's going in there, I think we're all presuming it's going to be Zach Wilson. Uh, he's going in there with, with some great receivers in, in, in Corey Davis, uh, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder. Uh, he's got, you know, we mentioned Chris Herndon already at tight end. He, that's another guy that's supposed to be the uh, breakout candidate of the year um, who hasn't quite panned out either. And then, yeah, he's got, you know, he's got a great left tackle. He's got some other uh options i i know they have quinnon quinnon williams over on on the d line so they're they're another team that is position in a really great position you know i i mentioned nine picks in the first three rounds over the next two years um but total they have 21 picks over the next two years so that's that's a lot of uh a lot of options to build that team up and uh and you know start start competing again in the afc east yeah like obviously you don't want to get her um you don't want to give away a guy like jamal adams but in my opinion if you're going to be a rebuilding team like get as many picks as you can load your team with young talent support them and see where it lands you in like five years right so don't worry they didn't give away jamal adams well they got a king's ransom for jamal adams (laughs) that that was a slight dig but yeah well they don't give him away but you know if you if you're saying, are we better with Jamal Adams on it or not on it? You're obviously not better, but you know, if you're going to do that, like load up with young players and like, let's do this rebuild properly. Then nothing drives me worse in any sports is when people try to do a rebuild, like on the fly or a retooling. And you're like, just give it up. Like the glory days are over. You had your shot. You missed it. Strip it down get young, get lots of picks, take lots of shots, start a new era over again. I believe our favorite hockey team is doing that right now, <laughs> but not doing it correctly. Ugh. That's why we're That's... not an NHL podcast because both of us would punch our screens. Yeah. That's a conversation for the PP one podcast. Yeah. We'll have them on to talk that. <laughs> so last week we, started our mock draft that like we said got blown up and this week we're gonna finish it and so I actually didn't change any of my picks um I I think obviously some things would change clearly you know Caroline is not taking Justin Fields which has a trickle effect because then like where does Justin Fields go there would be some sort of a trickle effect but to keep it, I guess, for lack of a better term, consistent with what we had last week, I left all of mine alone. And I know you weren't even done yours, so yours is probably going to be 
slightly more accurate than mine. So why don't we go with yours first? And uh, then we can finish with a good laugh on mine. Uh, like you said, um, I, I didn't do mine all in all in one go last week. Um, so I, I finished up my my back half of the first round uh, earlier today. But I, I, well, we, we discussed it as to, you know, do we redo the first half? What do we do? And, you know, we kind of both agreed. Nobody wants to listen to us go through the first half of the, the mock draft again because of one trade. Um, so I, I, I kept it. Uh, you know, I also had Justin Fields going to the Panthers. I kept him there. Uh, I, I didn't make any changes. I, I kind of proceeded as though, um, you know, status quo, so to speak. So uh i'll give you my first five here so i think that's uh 17 to 21 uh so starting at number 17 uh we've got the las vegas raiders i almost said oakland (laughs) uh (laughs) and i've got the raiders going with elijah vera tucker uh usc uh i've got guard slash tackle uh from what i was reading online he can play inside or out on the offensive line there uh, 18, I've got the Dolphins going with Gregory Rousseau, Ed Rusher from Miami. Uh, so keeping a guy from the, the U in Miami. Uh, number 19, we've got the Washington f- football team. And I've got them going with Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. Number 20, we've got the Chicago Bears. I've got them going with Samuel Cosme, uh, offensive tackle, Texas. Uh, if, and then number 21, I've got the Colts uh, going with Tevin Jenkins, uh, tackle from Oklahoma State. Uh, I know last week we kind of picked one guy to, to uh, highlight. I've, I've got my star beside Micah Parsons there. Uh, that's a guy, I know we talked about him last week. He could, you know, everyone's talking about he has top 10 potential, but there's potential um or there's there's behavioral issues or there's off-field things or or whatever you know whatever rumors are swirling right now that could see him fall a bit uh i'm sure the you know washington football team would love to see him fall to them at number 19 there he's a guy that's going to come in he's going to be a day one starter he's going to just take over that uh that defense he's going to probably you know if not this year next year become a captain he's going to have the the green sticker on the back of the helmet. He's going to have, you know, the, the communication headset. He's going to be, um, you know, I guess to, to tie it into my Seahawks, he's going to be the, the football team's uh, Bobby Wagner. Yeah. As soon as you said Micah Parsons that low. Um, and we, we talked about this before that, you know, there's always guys that drop. And I think if Washington sees Micah Parsons there, they can't run uh, to get their pick in fast enough. I like that. Um, okay, uh, I have 17 Las Vegas Raiders taking defensive tackle Christian Barmore from Alabama. Uh, I have 18 Miami taking edge rusher Quiddy Pafe uh, from Michigan. I have 19 Washington taking offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. Uh, 20 Chicago taking edge rusher Greg Rousseau out of the U. And Indiana taking wide receiver Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. And the one I starred here was also a captain at his school, uh, Pay. Uh, this is a guy, you know, everyone raves about his work ethic, his effort, 
He's explosive. He's got that like fast twitch you want in an edge rusher. Um, He's got quickness, but he's got agility. He's got the flexibility you want in it. And can't remember what podcast I was listening to. I want to say it was move the sticks. They actually had like a sort of like meet the prospect kind of thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure this happens to GMs too, but you start hearing these guys' stories and you kind of fall in love with the player as much as you do, uh, maybe even more the person. And everything you hear about Quiddy Pay is like this kind of like fun Cinderella story where uh, you just want to root for the guy. So that's who I've got there. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I I had him going last week. I had him going 11th overall to the Giants. Um, you know, I, I hadn't heard about him at all in any podcasts. And, you know, I, I read a little bit about him last week. I don't remember what, what those notes said uh last week but yeah he definitely seemed like a, a you know hard worker uh guy that you is very easy guy to cheer for like you said there so um you know i'm, I'm sure uh i'm sure whatever team gets him will be very happy to, to end up with, with a guy like that uh do you want to do you want to take the next five or uh no you go ahead okay okay uh so uh 22 i've got the uh, Tennessee Titans, uh, going with Terrace Marshall Jr., uh, wide receiver, LSU. Uh, I've got the uh, number 23, the New York Jets, as we were just talking about, uh, going with Gregory Newsom, the second cornerback from Northwestern. Uh, I've got 24, the Pittsburgh Steelers, going with Travis Etienne, running back, Clemson. Uh, number 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have them going with Christian Barmore, D-tackle from Alabama. And uh, last one here, I've got uh, number 26, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Ted's going to be happy. <laughs> Jeremiah Awusu koromora linebacker, Notre Dame. Good thing we had him on. Yeah, thanks, Ted. <laughs> um, the, the guy I'm highlighting here in these five, I mean, I, I, there's a, I mean, Travis Etienne to the Steelers, they badly need a running back, but the, the guy I have starred here is Terrace Marshall going to the Titans. Um, I know that's a guy that uh, I've, I've been seeing it all over Twitter. Ravens, uh, the Ravens flock seems to want him. They seem to love him. They, they uh, are really hoping to see him at number 27. Uh, wide receiver is definitely a position of need for the Titans. They lost Corey Davis. They lost Johnny Smith. Uh, they've got a lot of targets uh, that have just freed up in that offense with uh not enough guys to take those targets so uh why not bring in a guy like terrace marshall who proved last year when uh jamar chase sat the season out that he can be the guy uh jamar case uh, chase of course opted out due to covid and uh and and terrace kind of took over that number one wide receiver position for lsu last year yeah, I think uh, we were sharing notes on here a little bit because we have a lot of similarities. <clears throat> Not necessarily the same players, but similarities. I have 22 of the Titans taking wide receiver Elijah Moore from Old Miss. A.J. Brown will be happy. That's right. <laughs> Reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> I, I think I got to start singing every single episode because I, I think that's why we got so many uh, listens on the one I started singing. Why you don't sing in the shower you just save it all for the pod save it all for the pod you know i don't want to strain my voice 
Um, the Jets at 23, I have them taking a cornerback as well, but I have them taking Caleb Farley. He's fallen far enough. You know, top 10 pick, some yeah issues, but they get a big-time corner there to help them out. Uh, 24, I also have the Steelers forfeiting their pick. Oh, I mean, um, <laughs> sorry. I, yeah, hopefully they forfeit their pick, but I also have them taking Travis Etienne. I have Jacksonville at 25 taking tackle Samuel Cosme out of Texas. And I also have the Ted pick, Cleveland selecting uh, Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa. That is a tongue twister and a half. (laughs) Do you think Ted, like, Inception does on that one? Where he's, like, just putting it out in the universe, hoping that the Browns are listening as well. So that that it, it, on draft day, Owusu Koromora ends up with the Browns. Yeah, I just feel like sort of like off-ball linebackers aren't a big need or sort of like that shining position that everybody seems to want to go follow somebody. So I, I could see, I think that guy's super talented. And if they, if he fell to Cleveland at 26, they're dancing. I actually did a little, uh, you know, the PFF mock draft or whatever. And I tried to do something completely off kilter. I just took somebody, you know, somebody who had high grade and stuff like that. And so I took uh, at 27, I had them taking uh, Jamin Davis, who's a linebacker. And I threw that out to Twitter. I was like, what do you guys think of this? And the first person was like, if we take an off ball linebacker at 27, I'm going to scream and lose my damn mind. And I was I, like, I, I saw that. It, like, it was good. So just, swing and a miss. Yeah. I just, <laughs> you know, you do so many of those things because it's draft season and you just got to switch it up every once in a while. Um, yeah. The person I was going to highlight from this was actually Caleb Farley, because if he falls to the Jets, they're like, have have they really had a top shutdown level corner since Darrell Revis? I, I no. feel like they've kind of been lacking that. Um, obviously, injury concerns with, you know, he just had back surgery. But when this kid's healthy, man, he it, it's it's tough for me to say because, you know, I like Alabama so much, but I think he's the better I, I think he's the first cornerback that comes off the board before Sertan. But I think that's just because it's sort of like a pick your flavor with the corners. Like, what do you want more of? I think Farley's more of that, like, explosive athlete. He's going to make plays. And I think Sertan's just like that total technician. Like, everything is calculated and everything is sort of like status quo. Yeah. That that's uh, it, it, it's funny you, you mentioned Farley about being a uh, potential top ten pick, and that's again it's where I had him last week. I had him go number ten to the Cowboys, and again that that's a guy that everything that I've read about him is that he's coming off off the back surgery, which he potentially could see a a, a slide in the draft because of that. But everything that I've seen has said he will be ready for the start of the year. Um, I mean, if he does slide, whatever team ends up with him late in the draft is probably getting i don't know can you call a first round pick the steal of the draft um <laughs> call him the, the steal of the first round potentially if, if he does slide to that later third of of the draft um based on on everything that i've been reading about him i mean i think you can call a, a first round pick who slides a steal of the draft like if people are passing on a guy who's like a for sure talent like i don't know say lamar jackson and he goes 32nd in the first round and then he wins a unanimous mvp 
think you can call I was that gonna a go, steal. I, I was going to go with a guy like uh, Pat Mahomes, who went tenth overall. Um, you know, like Lamar, didn't start in his first year, but he's got not only an MVP under his belt, but he's got a Super Bowl title as well. And um, you know, if, if that draft were to be redone, uh, I'm sure he would have gone first overall. Yeah, I think it go be- it goes back to a conversation we were having about DK Metcalf uh, on Twitter and you know, the whole hindsight thing where obviously DK was end of the second and it's like, oh, how could you ever have passed up on him? Or how could you have ever let nine other players go before Pat Mahomes or 31 before Lamar? Like, it's just what happens. Like, guys fall and yeah. you, you don't know how these guys are going to be pro ready. And that's that's the exciting part of the draft is well, if you're drafting get- 32, you can get an MVP. If you are drafting in the sixth round, you can get the best quarterback ever. Or was he seventh? I can't remember what Brady was. I think he was seventh. Way, way back there, right? Like, yeah, he wasn't a first round pick, anyways. But like, he definitely, you was. know, talking talking about DK, that that's another guy that was coming off a, a major surgery, right? He had a he was coming off a neck surgery, um, and then of course, you know, people said DK Metcalf can only run in the straight line because he didn't put up the the best three cone time or or whatever it was, and. <laughs> You know, his hips are too stiff and he can't run routes and he can only run run a go route and blah, 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 blah. I mean, of course. And then you watch his tape at Old Miss and you're like, how in the hell did we miss this guy? Like, you, you, you know, know what I mean? I like, know. I feel like so much of this draft hype gets us in our own heads and we see them on film and we're like, man, this dude is big. He's nasty. He's physical. He's fast. He can play ball. And then we get into the draft time and like, these guys are under such a microscope that it's like, oh yeah, he's got an injury now, or like he's too big. Remember when the photo came out of him and uh, AJ Brown shirtless before Pete Carroll decided to one up them? Like those guys <laughs> yeah. are. I don't know if I've ever seen a wide receiver, and this includes To. I've never seen a wide receiver that jacked up. And everyone's do, like, do, man, this guy's just going to be the next combine star who's you know, puts up 50 reps on the bench and he, you know, runs a four one, like whatever it is, right? Like total combine star and he can't play, but we just forget about what these guys can do on the field. Like, yeah. I, I think there's way too much uh, stock put on the combine and how guys perform at their combine, at their pro day, at their whatever. Like you said, go watch film, go watch these guys actually play football because the combine is not football it's it's little tests that you know i don't know it, it's not it, it's not game skill it's not how these guys perform it's not it's not their their iq out on the field or, or what they actually do it, it's like oh go go run around these pylons like, i don't know and this year's going to be even like i feel like the teams that have the best scouts this year are just going to get an absolute steal because i think we forget last year the combine still went on last year. People went to Indy and did their regular uh, combine stuff. But this year, yeah, it was just a little pre pandemic there or like early stages of pandemic. So we weren't really sure what to do. And then this year you see, you know, obviously no Indy, but I've seen so many sub four, four times running forties that it's just like, if any team is gushing over a 40 time, yeah, you should probably lose your job because like every single person there's guys running four two something and john ross is sitting there like no i actually did like a full one at the combine 
one of the greatest times ever. And then just all of a sudden, everybody is doing it like, oh, I did it at like Western Michigan. I was running a 409. Did you see it? Yeah, well. Did, did you see my 40 time? No, what was it? Under Lightning 10? Fast. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was so fast, they couldn't even clock it. I, I think we should have a challenge this year. I think we should put your 40 time up against Rich Eisen's 40 time to see who's faster. If I'm not faster than Rich Eisen, I will Make retire. From I, what? What? What's the bet? I, I don't know. You're you're gonna go somewhere really crazy with that. Like I will. I was gonna my uh, shirt I'll, or something. I will. Come on, give me give me something. You come up with something. I I will. I will put it on the line. I will run a forty. You come up with something. We'll, we'll let everyone know next week on the podcast what the bet is. What? And what's, I'll do it. What's the foundation that Rich always donates to? I don't know. We can look it up. Yeah, we'll we'll look that up. And if you can't, how do we want to do this? How about if you can't beat Rich, you donate twenty dollars. If you can beat Rich, I'll donate twenty dollars. Done. Okay, sweet. I can't wait to see you in spandex running a forty. Oh, because <laughs> you have to be all like combined up right like you got your like this, fancy this 40 just got a lot sexier <laughs> i actually no i want you to do it in the gardener Minshew outfit in the car even better and that includes a mustache and a mullet just so you know uh i will not be able to grow a mullet in that <laughs> amount of time uh i could probably make the mustache happen my wife might leave me but i will tell her it's uh it's for the listeners okay yeah. Um, so if... let, <laughs> let's finish this mock. Let's finish this mock. I'll, I'll, fi yeah. I'll finish mine up here. Um, yeah. 27, I have the Ravens grabbing edge rusher Jason Away from Penn State. I have the New Orleans Saints taking quarterback Mac Jones out of Alabama. I have Green Bay taking cornerback Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. Uh, Buffalo, I have them taking offensive tackle Jalen Mayfield from Michigan. I have the Chiefs taking offensive center Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. And I have the Bucks taking edge rusher Joe Tryon from Washington. And of course, the one I'm going to highlight, I would be an idiot to not highlight my own team. When I got here, there was a lot of options in terms of my board. I've seen a lot of Creed Humphrey being there for the Ravens at 27. You know, we could use extra O-line help to really give Lamar something. Um, Terrence Marshall Jr. is still on the board for me at this point, um, which you had identified correctly as something Ravens fans were gushing over. And uh, I actually, you know... Edge rusher definitely is a need. And the more I watch tape on away, he is just an absolute freak. Like he, he's explosive. He's dynamic. He's got strength with speed. Um, he, uh, I think he just gained like a whole bunch of weight onto his frame in his last year there at Penn state and it didn't really, you know, sometimes you can get a guy who puts on weight and it sort of like makes him a little sluggish. So, you know, he, he's improved that against the run, but he's still got that kind of like 
tall, slender kind of frame at 6.5. I think they have him around like 250, 260. Um, so he's kind of like one of those raw prospects that, you know, is probably going to start year one. I would assume he would just on the need. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like that pick. Okay. Um, I mean, I, th- I think we have a few similarities there. Um, I actually, I have a number 27, your Baltimore Ravens, the Ravens flock. Also going edge rusher, um, but I have them going with Jalen Phillips out of the U. Uh, from you know, for those of you who are unaware, that's Miami, Florida, not Miami, Ohio. The U. Uh, I, I've never understood Miami, Ohio. Like, yeah, I don't understand just, that one. Like, you you hear Miami and you just think Florida right away. Like, just right, like it's yeah. Like, yeah, it's somewhere that's got a nice beach, not Ohio. Ohio, Ohio. Uh, number 28, I've got the uh, New Orleans Saints uh, going with wide receiver Kadarius Tony from the Ooh. Florida Florida Gators. Uh, you know, wide receiver, they let Emmanuel Sanders go. Uh, again, Traquan Smith is a guy that, uh, you know, this is his breakout year for the fourth year in a row. So wide receiver is definitely uh, a, a position of need for, for them. Uh, they just don't know who's going to throw the ball for them yet. Uh, number 29, I've got the Green Bay Packers going with offensive center Landon Dickerson from Alabama. Uh, number 30, I've got the Bills going with Jason Oway, edge rusher, Penn State. Uh, number 31, I've got the uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, going with Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle from Alabama. Um, again, wow. they just released their left tackle and right tackle, so big big position of need for uh for the chiefs there on both sides of the line uh although you know they signed someone but anyways that's i'm going with alex leatherwood and i'm sticking with it uh and then number 32 defending super bowl champions your tampa bay buccaneers i have them going with running back Najee harris from alabama nice uh, the guy I'm highlighting here is at number 29, uh, Landon Dickerson going to the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is probably, uh, you know, writing me hate mail right now. He's pissed off that the <laughs> Packers yet again are not taking a wide receiver for him. Uh, but that's okay. Cause Landon Dickerson is the center of the future to play with Jordan love and not you, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but no, uh, <laughs> Ooh, we are fired. never going to get Aaron Rodgers on here and he hosted Jeopardy. So we know he's good on the mic. Thanks. You've done Chris. messed up now. A hey, Ron, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, no, it, it honestly, it's, it's, uh, again, a position of need. Uh, the, the, the Packers lost Corey Lindsley this off season. He of course went, uh, to the chargers to go play center with, uh, with Justin Herbert there. So there's an opening on, on the offensive line there. Uh, I think Dickerson could probably, you know, some people are saying he might be a day two pick second round. Um, but he is someone that I'm, you know, wouldn't be surprised to sneak up into the late first for a team that does have a need like the Packers. Uh, you know, maybe they trade back and, and get him in the second round instead. Who knows? Uh, but he's a guy that could probably come in, be day one starter. And of course, uh, you know, I, I, he's been, he, he popped up a little bit in, in uh, social media lately. He was at, 
Alabama's Pro Day, uh, you know, wearing his number 69 t-shirt, doing cartwheels in behind Mac Jones. And uh, I just, I don't know, I, I like guys that are are fun and, you know, don't take themselves too seriously. Now, the only thing I also saw that there's a little bit of good news with the cartwheeling and, you know, the reason why people have him as kind of like fall into the second round is because he had that nasty knee injury. Uh, he may or may not be ready for the start of the season, but if a dude is doing cartwheels like that across the field, I'm, I'm going to throw my money on he's ready for it. He is a super fun guy, but the, probably the most fun guy in the entire NFL is David Bakhtiari, who coincidentally also wears number 69, so they'll have to fight over that. And Maybe one guy will wear 69 and a half? <laughs> the first ever point five. <laughs> yeah, we're almost uh, out of time here, so we'll do our favorite segment and our viewers' favorite segment as well. We'll do our third down. Uh, what do you have for me this week? Yeah, uh, third down is is back as always, which I just quickly want to uh, put it out there to our fans. Um, if there's anything you guys want to hear on third down, if you guys want to, uh, you know, see any specific matchups, uh, please don't make it movie related. We don't want to embarrass Steve again. <laughs> um reach out to us on twitter uh you know we're, we're happy to take your suggestions and uh and you know to do what we can with it and and you know this is meant to just be fun and and a fun part of the show so please reach out to us let us know what you what you want to see on the third down let us know if you like the third down i mean we have a lot of fun doing it so uh yeah uh, reach out to us on twitter and we're we're happy to take all suggestions but uh anyways and like it, i said it, i mean we should uh we should mention to them that it does not have to be football related like no, we, no we've please, been we've like, been kind of following the football theme a little bit but it you know you know football food stadiums football movies it does not have to be football related so if you want to hear me sound stupid like i usually do uh yeah definitely reach out to us and see uh see if there's something you want us to do for a third down topic yeah anything anything not football related the better honestly because <laughs> it uh th this is kind of we we've taken this uh this segment as our opportunity to I don't, know, I don't know show a little bit more of ourselves and and uh and how stupid we can really be <laughs> <laughs> uh but l l like i said we're, we're having a, a lot of fun with this we had a lot of fun last week talking about our favorite stadium foods um you know i, I think we decided that uh i think you said pizza was the pizza. winner um but again we are all in agreement that beer is the the real winner uh when it comes to uh being in any stadium whether, whether it be football, hockey, basketball, baseball, whatever. But anyways, uh, this week I want to bring it back to football. Um, I'm changing it up a little bit this week, Steve. Um, you know, just when you think you have all the answers, I change the questions. Uh, so instead of doing head-to-head matchups this week, I just wanted to discuss, uh, you know, some of our favorite all-time players. Um, now, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, you know, your all time favorite player. Like it could even just be someone that you just remember fondly. Like you think of, you know, like maybe when you started watching football and you're like, Oh yeah. Like I like this guy at that position when I first started watching football or, or, or whatever it is. Um, and of course it doesn't have to be 
fact-based. Like we're not looking for, you know, when I ask you who your favorite quarterback is, like, I don't expect to hear Tom Brady because he is the, not my favorite. The, the, well, obviously, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not looking for, you know, who's your favorite based on, on wins and losses and stats and just who, who do you like, who do you gravitate towards? And like I said, who do you, who do you remember fondly? So uh, that's the third down segment this week. We're just going to, and you know what, I'm going to partake this week. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, show my cards as well and, uh, and reveal some of some of my guys. So does this uh, have to be from our favorite team? No, or we can could, go off the board a little, get a little be, wild. No, absolutely. I mean, if, if you want to give a guy like from your favorite team, plus just in general, please do. I like, like it. It, it. This is, uh, like I said, this is our segment to, to do whatever we want with. So, uh, you, you ready? I'm ready. Third down. All right. Well, I mean, of course, uh, as is with any team, let's start at quarterback. Uh, who is your your choice there? I mean, you can see over my shoulder, I've got two quarterback jerseys. <laughs> I've got the current franchise quarterback, Lamar. I've got the former franchise quarterback, Flacco. I mean, I, I got to go with Flacco. Um, I I was a little late to the NFL world, believe it or not. I think I want to say I started watching NFL around 2002-ish kind of area. Um, so I, I was not a fan of the Ravens during their first, first Super Bowl run, nor would I have been a fan of Trent Dilfer anyways. So that's why you don't have the Delfer jersey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, he, not only what did he bring a Super Bowl to Baltimore, uh, he was probably the driest, funniest dude at press conference all the time. Like the one I'm thinking of right now is, um, I can't even remember the circumstances, but he he walked up to the podium and had like his fingers in like a W and just like bit off each part of the W as he walked up there and he's just like little stuff like that. He was so almost like monotone, but there was little subtle jokes in there. And I just love Joe. Um, yeah. Joe Flacco. They, they, they must've just been playing the Buccaneers or something. Cause of course that was uh that was a Jameis Winston thing, right? Gonna, yeah. Going to eat those W's. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That's where it came from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super corny. Um, I mean, of course we were discussing, does it have to be, do you have a guy that's not from your team? Um, they, they, I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I, I, I know you don't like it. I don't really care about you. I just love for the same reasons. I mean, he's probably going to go down as one of the top quarterbacks to ever play statistically. Um, I just love the championship belt swagger. Like when he brought that to the NFL scores, the touchdown throws the championship belt around his waist. Like, you gotta love him for that, and he is hilarious, absolutely hilarious. So yeah, I would go with Rodgers if it wasn't uh, it wasn't from someone on my own team. John Ryan did the championship belt better. <laughs> okay, I'm just leaving it at that. Okay. Hey, anytime a punter throws a touchdown in the NFC Championship game and pulls the championship belt celebration. He, he did it better. My punter is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Look it mm. up statistics. He's never missed a pass. 
We're not talking about stats here. Yeah. No, remember, no fancy stats. Fancy stats when we're talking about punters. Um, yeah. <laughs> my uh, my quarterback list. I actually have a few names here. Um, I'm actually, you know, saying that you didn't really start watching football until 2002. I'm very much in the same boat. I watched it a bit as a kid in my teenage years. Um, you know, dad was watching, so I was watching. I remember Super Bowl parties. Um, of course, we're up in Canada, so great cup parties as well. And, uh, you know, the, the the snacks that always came out, came along with that. And, you know, my parents usually had friends over and they had kids and we'd all go outside and play in the snow or, or whatever. But um, you'll, so, I, I mean, I, I really didn't start watching until those late 90s, early 2000s as well. And even then, um, I didn't get fully committed to football until I actually played uh in my senior year of high school uh but and you'll you'll see that when i for quarterbacks these aren't necessarily my favorite guys but they're definitely guys that i think think of fondly and and remember uh you know kurt warner and the greatest show on turf down in st louis uh jake delhomme and and the the panthers uh donovan McNabb and the eagles michael vick and the falcons uh you know all guys that were kind of uh in the spotlight when i was first getting into football i've even got uh you know talking about being up in canada watching the great cup i've got doug flutie's name here as well i mean <laughs> that that's probably honestly if i'm if i'm being truthful the first quarterback that i really remember following is doug flutie when he was with the toronto argonauts and and being like man like this guy is super fun to watch um so yeah those are i mean i, I, I sorry i i kind of didn't uh yeah, it, it's it's my test i i can make the rules up as i as i go along here so i, I don't mean, have to give i don't have to give one answer i can give five we probably just lost most of our seahawk listeners by you introing that by saying kurt warner of the rams like yeah but that was when they were the greatest show on turf if and i'm not mistaken wasn't the st louis seahawks, still in yeah but no i think the seahawks were in the uh afc in mm. the, the the late '90s, so I don't think they joined the NFC until the early 2000s. I'm gonna have to fact check myself on that one, but uh, I'm pretty sure the Seahawks were still in the AFC uh, when when the Rams were were doing their thing with uh, Marshall Falk and Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce and all those guys. Well, I mean, the Baltimore the Baltimore Ravens weren't a team back in the Steelers' heyday, and you still won't see me saying. Terry Bradshaw, great quarterback, fond memories, really like him. We'll never yeah, say but, that. Yeah, but that's because we're in our thirties. We're like, uh, <laughs> we know Terry. We know Terry Bradshaw as the guy on NFL on Fox. No, I just I see that really I crappy movie with Matthew McConaughey. Black. I still see yellow and black. There's just yeah. All right, good for you. Going out on a limb. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to the running backs. Hmm. Um, I mean, for all the right reasons, I was a huge Ray Rice fan. Um, I know. And I said, I'm making a face for, again, guys. I know. I said for all the right reasons, um, I still have his jersey, which I will never wear out in public, obviously. Um, but as a player, uh, he was everything he was christian mccaffrey before christian mccaffrey was there he um caught the ball well out of the backfield he ran it um 
yeah, a, as a player, I really liked him. If I had to go kind of off my own team, and again, these are just from clips well, well before my time, but watching Barry Sanders run the ball, just so smooth. So like I've, you just never want a running back to turn backwards and start running backwards. But when Barry did it, you were like, oh, we got a chance here. Like he's running 30 yards behind, but he could also run a hundred yards the other way. So I'm okay with this. And um, obviously being on a, a lousy Lions team like he was the whole team and he was just so fun to watch in clips and I wish I could have been around in that era as kind of like a Lions fan because that would have been pretty pretty exciting I uh I I know a guy that uh would have been really happy to hear you say Barry Sanders you you might get a chance to meet him pretty soon here but uh uh he's a big alert big lions fan big big spoiler but uh, uh of course we're we're working on that still seems pretty confirmed but uh, anyways uh my running backs i'm gonna gain my uh my seahawks listeners back here uh i mean of course i've got to go sean alexander he was built different. Uh, he was it was the first football jersey i ever owned was a sean alexander jersey um, actually my, my, uh, uncle, uh, got it for me as, uh, I believe a graduation present when I graduated high school. Um, and then I, uh, had that Jersey for a long time and actually ended up, it was, um, it was one of the, it was back when Reebok had the licensing. It was one of those, one of the screen print, screen print jerseys. Um, I of course started working at Jersey city. So I had that sweet Jersey discount and I, <laughs> also bought a second Sean Alexander Jersey, <laughs> uh, but in with the, the stitched on numbers there. Um, I mean, he was just phenomenal. He's, he's the only Seahawks player to win league MVP. Uh, he set the C- single season record for most touchdowns in a year. Um, I mean, granted that record only stood for one year, uh Ladanian Tomlinson broke it the following year which LT is another guy that was just so much fun to watch um I I remember in in the early years of playing fantasy football as well Sean Alexander no matter what uh, I was I was Kevin Costner in in draft day uh (laughs) Vontae Mack no matter what if Sean Alexander no matter what he had to be my my pick if if I didn't get him um I, I was mad. I, it, it, I was like, and this was, I mean, this was in the early days. So this was before I was actually like playing with buddies. I was just joining, joining those random leagues. I was like, well, didn't get my guy. So I'm out. I See you. I, I quit. And, uh, and then, I mean, I, I've got Marshawn Lynch here as well. Cause uh, I mean, how can you not of love course. beast mode? He, he had that infamous run uh, against the saints and, and so many other memorable moments when he was in Seattle um, I, I think as a, a, a fan base, we are very lucky and very spoiled to have had uh, two guys like that on our team. So funny that the reasons you were listing off of Sean Alexander are the reasons I also picked Ray Rice. Like he was my first ever football jersey. It was the Reebok one. It was my time when you uh, reluctantly hired me or didn't. <laughs> want to hire me but had to work with me um i actually my very first fantasy football 
league that I joined, I started it and I actually cheated. So I apologize to those. But there was no money on the line, so whatever. I just rigged the vote so that I got to pick first and I picked Ray Rice first because I was not going to play in a league where I had to cheer against my guy. So, yeah. Truth comes out. Truth always comes out. Truth always comes out. And isn't it so funny, though, now how, like, our our mentality has changed in regards to our teams and fantasy. I mean, I've had Todd Gurley on my team for the last four or five <laughs> years. And, I mean, of course, he was with, with the Rams for, for most of that. And I was just like, well, at the end of the day, I want the Seahawks to win the game. But if Todd Gurley has three <laughs> touchdowns and the Seahawks still win, well, I'm okay with that. Yeah, you go in these weird, like, <laughs> you go down really dark places where you're like, yeah. okay, you know what? I am playing against McCaffrey. So, you know what? If he just put up like a little 200 yard all purpose game with like three touchdowns, but that's all they got and they didn't like get another yard or point after that in the Ravens one, like, oh, okay, I'm okay with that. I, I, I know we've had that discussion a lot too, where it's, you know, I hate it. Real team over fake team every day of the week. If my fantasy team loses, but the Seahawks win. I'm okay with that. I can live with that because I've lost a lot of fantasy football in my life. So it's not like it's anything new, but oh, such a love-hate relationship with that. Yeah. With, with sports. Yeah. No. Uh, who are you taking for your uh, wide receiver? Ooh, wide receiver. Well, I mean, the Ravens don't have the greatest history of wide receivers but two guys instantly come to mind um both guys that were brought in later on Anquan Bolden and Steve Smith uh they just you just wanted to root for those guys they guys that catch the ball all the time they're tough they're mean they're physical um yeah 100% those guys if I'm picking my own team if I'm not picking someone from my team, I'm actually going to go lines again, believe it or not. This was the only time I've ever felt like I wanted to buy a jersey that was not my own team, and that was a Megatron Calvin Johnson jersey. It's too bad that he retired early because he would have been the greatest wide receiver to ever play the game, even over Jerry Rice. He was just something completely different. Um Again, a team that that's all they had. And it was like, we know Calvin's getting the ball, but he's going to go get it every time. And I think there was there was another there was a game that he was playing in where he like snapped his finger in half. And it was like, I want to say it was like his ring finger. And it was like completely the other way. And they got picture of it. And he kind of just like pops it back in or just like breaks it straight again and goes out there and still catches the ball like just ultimate dedication to the game i i think megatron is a great great choice um i i don't know about the being better than jerry rice um you know it, it, it's hard to say it, it's it, it i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to say for sure he would have i don't want to say for sure he wouldn't have i'm gonna uh you know just toe the line there and isn't this kind of uh, what we talked about on one of the podcasts where it's like a new generation of people and yeah you know you just got to say something like that and it's gonna start a conversation which for, is so for better or too. for worse like, like great if you were in the jerry rice era phenomenal player greatest wide receiver to ever play the game 
but I would go out on a limb and say he could like he would have been the best I, and I know people have said that about other players like Bo Jackson and you know Barry Sanders as well like if they would have played their full careers or they would Brown or Jim one. Brown right yeah yeah Which is, like and, then, and that's the funny thing too with like me being so hesitant to sit, like take the crown away from Jerry Rice is that I mean, most of his success was before you or I even watched football. We just admitted that, that we didn't watch football until the late 2000s. He was with the Raiders at, at that point, which he had success with the Raiders. But, I mean, of course, most of his success was when he was with the 49ers. Um, so it, it is it is funny that even, even though I, I barely uh, saw him in his prime, uh, I'm, I'm still – still hesitate to, to crown <laughs> Megatron as uh, as a guy that could have been be- better than Jerry. Um, my wide receiver, uh, I'm going with uh, Mr. Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson. Um, oh, no way. I was just, and I mean, honestly, a, a lot of that I'm sure is to do, don't get me wrong, he was a great, great wide receiver. He was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'll never forget, you know, when it, he would always say whenever they were playing the Ravens, it was a, a, a two chin strap kind of game. And yeah. uh, there, there's that one clip where uh, of course he was coming across the middle and, and tries to uh, tries to chip Ray Lewis and Ray Lewis just destroys <laughs> him. Um, I actually just yeah. shared on Twitter. Um, I want to say it was last week sometime. It was Ocho Cinco was mic'd up and he is coming across the line in between plays, you know, like the unwritten like line and he's just honestly it looks like he's just trying to start a conversation of just like hey we're both football players like how are you doing kind of thing and bart scott like runs over there and is like get out of our face right now and he's like come on man i'm just trying to like I'm, we're just trying to talk like i wasn't doing anything and he he tried it like four more times in the game and bart scott is just like ready to punch him in the head and he just yeah yeah talk talk to me after the game not during not during exactly. the game sort of thing yeah which I, I i can appreciate that but and and again ocho cinco is probably probably on my list more so for his uh his touchdown celebrations um <laughs> i mean of course when you're when you're first getting into the into the game those type of flashy players are, are always going to draw your interest um i i i as well i loved steve smith you know talking about uh having a, a jersey for a, a guy on another team i actually have a chad johnson Bengals jersey and i have a steve smith panthers jersey and i'm sure you are well aware of that because i got those when we worked to, yep. uh, together at jersey city um and i still have them i don't wear them but i still have them um because of course i'm now at the mentality where it's uh seahawks versus the world uh so yeah so ojo cinco is uh is my my wide receiver that i'll always remember fondly um if i go back to the seahawks i mean of course we've got you know i could easily say dk metcalf doug baldwin tyler lockett whatever um one of the first seahawks wide receivers that i will always think of is daryl jackson super random (laughs) Um, I, I could even tell you what he was. He wore number 82. I don't know why I still remember that. Uh, he got a pass interference, uh, penalty in Super Bowl 40, which was total BS, but that's a, <laughs> that's a big can of worms that I'm not going to open tonight. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know why I always remember Daryl Jackson. I mean, again, talking about guys that I could easily choose, it's, you know, Bobby Ingram was kind of the guy of that era, but Daryl Jackson is, is the guy that I always, always remember as being kind of the, I guess, number one outside wide receiver. Uh, who do you want to take for your tight end? For my tight end. I see. I really like tight ends. Um, I don't know if that's just a product of my team having tight ends consistently that play a big impact in the game. But um, yeah, one of my one of my favorite, and this is a little recency bias, like a few of my picks. But Travis Kelsey, again, another guy who's just like you can tell how much he is passionate about the game when he gets kicked out of the game for like being too hot headed. But then at the same time, you see him just loving playing the game and he's goofing around and obviously the skills are there. So he's, you know, he's an absolute freak, but he's got that like passion for the game. And he also just, he's like a little kid out there sometimes. And he had his own dating show. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I never actually watched that. I wonder what actually happened to it. Neither did I. And it, it was, um, he, he was on a, a podcast that I listened to and talking about, um, I think it was called catching Kelsey or something yeah. like that. And the whole reason he did it is because he was broke. He spent his rookie contract on a bunch of dumb crap that he didn't need. Uh, you know, the, the, the fancy cars, the watches, the, the clothes and, and this and that. And he, he basically spent his entire rookie contract and, and uh, needed some way to make money. And this network approached him about doing a, a reality dating show. He was like, well, I need a paycheck, so let's do it. That's so funny. I mean, it, yeah. so I'll just I'll add one more in there, because if I was going to pick one from my own team, um, I would have to pick Dennis Pitta. And oh. I another guy that I just wish his career would have went longer. Um, just such a just absolute, I guess, fail safe for any quarterback across the middle. He was such a big part of that Super Bowl run uh, in 2012. And uh, him and Flacco were just the greatest of friends that ever were. And you just love seeing that kind of like camaraderie with it. Uh yeah, it's, uh, I mean, again, I'm going probably back here and, and showing, you know, when I really got into football uh, for my tight end, I'm going with Antonio Gates. He just, he was, I mean, he was always that guy that everyone seemed to talk about Antonio Gates. Uh, you know, Tony Gonzalez was doing his thing, but everyone kind of expected Tony Gonzalez to do his thing and, and Gates just did it quietly out in San Diego there. And then like, you know, he, he strung together a few really good seasons and all of a sudden everyone was talking about Antonio Gates as well. And he had a really long career. I'd I'd have to look it up to see exactly how long he played, but um, he he had a long career. And and if if I remember correctly, he retired and came back for the chargers because Hunter Henry got hurt. So definitely a a guy that was, uh, you know, talking about guys that are easy to root for. and, And he was, he was definitely one of them. Reminds um, me of Jason Witten for the same reasons, yeah. right? Like same long career, same like left for a bit, came back, tried it again. Yeah, but Jason Witten went back to football because he was really, really bad as a color commentator. 
<laughs> no one can be as good as Romo, though. Yeah, and and I mean, let's let's be real. Jason Witten's wig looked really bad too. Yeah. Uh, tight end for my own team. That's tough. Um, the Seahawks have not had a great lineage of tight ends. <laughs> I mean, I can list a bunch of random guys like Jeremy Stevens and John Carlson, and I mean, I don't know. Ed Dixon. Ed Dixon, I Gordon guess. Raven. Like, do I Greg Olson? Like a bunch of guys that were like, just like, eh, they were there. I love how you're having such a struggle with this because every time I am looking in fantasy football, I'm literally screaming at my computer or my phone, whatever device I have, being like, who are the Seahawks going to use? Could they just get one tight end that I could steal, that I could draft early? that I could make Chris overpay for eventually down the line. But no, there's always like 15 guys in the rotation. And this guy puts up like a two touchdown, 140 yard game. And then you don't see from him for 10 weeks. And it's oh, so frustrating. Yeah. I mean, Will Disley has looked good there. Um, I mean, I guess if I'm going off of guys in the last 15 or so years 20 years um i mean hard not to pick jimmy graham i guess but even that i'm i don't feel great about so i'm gonna stick with antonio gates and seattle do a better job with your tight ends <laughs> maybe you'll get one this year <laughs> maybe pick one right uh, away yeah well i mean disley well they they've got uh gerald everett uh that they just signed disley pick up too yeah, if Disley stays healthy, um, I mean, Russ has, has always gone his way. He's had some big games, but he's had health issues. And then they've got uh, Colby Parkinson, who I'm really interested to see this year. He's like, I think he's like six seven or something like that. He's just like a, just an absolute monster. So he's got the, be, uh, he literally has the Jimmy Graham effect to him, where it's like, could, yeah, he's like a former basketball player, tall, could be a jump like red zone kind of guy. Yeah, but but who knows, right? It's uh, there's a lot of mouths to feed in seattle as well so yeah but uh yeah i think uh i think we'll leave it at offense today unless you i mean unless you want to talk about offensive linemen but uh uh that's an I, easy I one we'll, marshall yanda marshall yanda there you go I, I mean I, I would have Best to, go walt guard jones. to ever play the game <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with walter jones and uh and leave it at that so i think that was, that, a, that, was, that was like the easiest one for both of our teams yeah not yeah, even close I'm not even close no i mean steve hutchinson is is maybe in the back of my mind as well but uh again the the poison pill eliminates him and it is walt jones yeah so um, yeah that we'll, we'll we'll do defense uh i'll surprise you with talking about defense another night just on a random day yeah um yeah that kind of wraps up our show for the week uh we do have the shout out crown our all elusive illustrious prized possession to give away for the week who uh who's winning it for us this week chris yeah i am giving the shout out crown to another one of our loyal listeners i i just actually saw him uh yesterday at uh at work he came in and and saw me did a couple things there uh but he's also a a, a close friend of mine uh so it is for uh nathan uh so nathan it, you know shout out crown to you i'm sure you are currently driving to work it's early in the morning <laughs> 
uh and you are listening to the ball hawks podcast and so for that we we say thank you and as always we give you our round of applause so thanks nathan and then one of these days we're actually going to have like a crown and we'll like mail it off to someone there and be like what the hell is this thing that's maybe we'll make it a crown with like a mullet on it for gardner Minshew crown with a mullet yeah. and the recipient must grow a mustache <laughs> it's kind of like our dodgeball hat oh god <laughs> i still have that by the way do you yeah for I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make a deal the first time we ever um do a little bit of a video release with our podcast i will wear that for the whole episode Next time it's a wacky hat day at my daughter's school, I'm hitting you up and I'm borrowing that. Um, although I'm sure you noticed I said wacky hat day. We're not allowed to call it crazy hat day anymore right. or crazy hair day because a parent got mad. Wacky hat day it is. Wacky hat day it is. And I will gladly borrow that hat. But, uh, you know, Steve, I just want to quickly uh, ask you because uh, we haven't really talked about your Ravens a lot the last couple of weeks. What's happening there? Um, you know, obviously everything is kind of getting ready for the draft. I think the most recent news is they're having a lot of edge rushers kind of coming in for visits. I know you just tweeted our buddy Ted out that Clowney was going in for a visit. Um, guys like Melvin Ingram. Clowney's um, going to the Browns for a visit. Yeah. Yeah. So, there was talks that, you know, maybe it could be a clowny, maybe it could be an Ingram, maybe it could be a Justin Houston and um, guys are going to be taking visits. I don't foresee anything really happening from now until the draft, unless somebody gets cut because what happens is if they sign somebody, it kind of takes away from one of those comp picks and the Ravens. Oh, do they love their comp picks? And I, I love them too. Like we lost, I think the two we're in line for right now is uh, losing Matt Judon. And I think there's talks he could be a third round comp pick or maybe they just miss out on the third and they get a fourth for him. Uh, They're going to get a fourth for Ngakwe and they're also going to get another third for the David Cully hire. And so signing one of these guys, I think the date is May 3rd. If you sign a guy before May 3rd, um, and he's eligible for that formula they do not or sorry they count so i don't really see them doing anything until after the draft you kind of see where your needs are how the boards fell to you and then you start okay well we brought this guy in for a visit let's reach out to his agent let's talk um so i I don't really anticipate anything uh kind of beyond that cool yeah anything to add to the seahawks no, uh, not a lot happening uh, on on their end. Um, you know, contract details are, are leaking out. I think Tyler Lockett's uh, cap hit ended up going from, uh, what was it, 14 or, four, you know, just under 15 to, I think, just over nine. So it didn't quite get down to the seven that uh, a lot of people were expecting. But, um, I mean, they, they saved cap space, uh, you know, either way. Um, you know, there, there's still some some needs there they they still have uh the the cornerback position that they can certainly shore up Uh, i i would love to see a veteran being brought in whether that be you know casey hayward uh you know a homecoming reunion with richard sherman uh you know maybe guys that aren't uh you know they're they're on the 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 
the back nine of their career. Uh, but certainly guys that can come in and mentor the young guys. And, you know, especially with a guy like Richard Sherman, he's just got that attitude and he just expects so much from, from his position and, and, and his, his teammates uh, that I would, I would love to see uh, him come back, but yeah, no, it's uh, you know, not, not a lot has happened on the Seahawks front either. So. Yeah. It's kind of a weird time where we're sort of just, everybody's waiting for the draft to happen um, and then after the draft, you know, you got your undrafted free agents and then you kind of fill your holes with free agents that are left to kind of round your team out. So it's kind of kind of a little limbo period right now. Hey, definitely got anything else to add? No, uh, you know, that's all I, I want to say uh, thanks again to uh, Zelly and the boys at Lucky Monkey. Uh, you know, it, it, again, uh, we really appreciate you guys letting us use your music uh mirror man was a great fit for our open on the podcast and uh we'll, we'll be sure to include the link to the song uh on our on our show description so you guys can go find lucky monkey over on spotify uh otherwise again thank you everyone for listening we appreciate it uh you know hit us up on twitter at ballhawks underscore pod and as i say every week go hawks peace do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.